Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu is a ministry, it's events, and it's a podcast, all focused on building community and fellowship around Jesus and great Jiu-Jitsu. We were birthed from a Walking in Truth event called Pursuit. Four of us left one of these men's pursuits and the Lord all gave us the same download to create Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu. We've started by doing local events in North Texas. We're slowly but surely expanding those events to other markets across the country where we bring in professors and instructors. We learn awesome jujitsu techniques. We hear a testimony about the gospel. We give away free Bibles. We offer prayer and then we train hard. On top of this, we have a podcast that has really taken off that we have a lot of fun with. Look us up on all platforms. We love walking in truth and we appreciate the affiliation with them and the covering that they give us. Thank you to all the leaders at Walking in Truth. Everyone at Jesus and Jiu-Jitsu is truly appreciative. First Kings 18, 1 through 39. Obadiah meets Elijah. Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourselves to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For when Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water. Then Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the valleys. Perhaps we will find grass and keep the horses and mules alive and not have to kill some of the cattle. So they divided the land between them to survey it. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. Now, as Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him and he recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is this you, Elijah, my master? He said to him, It is I. Go say to your master, Behold, Elijah is here. He said, What sin have I committed that you are giving your servant into the hand of Ahab to put me to death? As the Lord your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my master has not sent to search for you. And when they said he is not here, he made the kingdom or nation swear that they could not find you. 
And now you are saying, go, say to your master, behold, Elijah is here. It will come about when I leave you that the spirit of the Lord will carry you where I do not know. So when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find you, he will kill me. Although I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. Has it not been told to my master that I did what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, that I hid a hundred prophets of the Lord by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water? And now you are saying, go, say to your master, behold, Elijah is here. He will then kill me. Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is this you, you troubler of Israel? He said, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. Because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and you have followed the Baals. Now when then send and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with 450 prophets of Baal, and 400 prophets of the Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. <clears throat> God or Baal on Mount Carmel. So Ahab sent a message among all the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together at Mount Carmel. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now let them give us two oxen and let them choose one ox for themselves and cut it up and place it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other ox and lay it on the wood, and I will not put a fire under it. Then you will call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people said, that's a good idea. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one ox for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. Then they took the ox which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they made. It came about at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Call out with a loud voice, for he is a god. Either he is occupied or gone aside, or is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and needs to be awakened. So they cried with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. When midday was passed, they raved until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered and no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. So with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two measures of seed. Then he arranged the wood and cut the ox in pieces and laid it on the wood. Then, and he said, fill four pitchers with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. The water flowed around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Elijah's prayer. 
At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Mark 9, 1 through 10, the transfiguration. And Jesus was saying to them, Truly, I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his garments became radiant and exceedingly white as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Elijah appeared to them along with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, It is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to answer, for they became terrified. Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. All at once they looked around and saw no one with them anymore except Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, he gave them orders not to relate to anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man rose from the dead. They seized upon that statement, discussing with one another what rising from the dead meant. There's uh, quite a few times in the Bible when you can see God's sense of humor. I really think this is one of those where um, God's just kind of sitting back and saying, watch this. Because You've got um, you've got Elijah sitting there, almost taunting and mocking, and these priests of Baal. I mean, he's put them in a spot to where it is all or nothing. He said, "Let's do it right now. Let's go and let's have a showdown in front of all the people. Let them decide." But if you notice, he never wavered. He never he never took a step back or even showed any opportunity. He said. You take your sacrifice, put it up there. I'll take my sacrifice. You get to make all the, everything's done by what you say. You choose the ox you want. I'll take the other one. So you get to choose your sacrifice and mine. And then you prepare your altar. I'll prepare mine. And you can go first to show. And he gave them from morning until into the evening. And he just sat by and watched. But he said, you call out to your God, and after you're finished, I will call out to the God. He knew. He had such a confidence. And it wasn't a confidence in who he was. It's obvious through Elijah's actions, it's always a confidence in who God is. And he knows God will period. He doesn't live his life with this 
this fear of will God, he knows the answer is whatever the circumstance is, it is but God. However, God. Therefore, God. No matter what the circumstance is, the response is always for him, God. And he never wavered. He knew it. I know it was a proud moment for him when his faith was just confirmed yet again as God showed up. And not showed up just and did the minimum, showed up and did something spectacular. And not just lighting wet wood, but also consuming everything. That is awesome. And then the people knew. But again, even though the people throughout history, over and over again, saw with their own eyes, they still fell back into doubt. Because it's difficult to live, and this isn't justification, this is just an explanation. It's difficult to live in a world that has so rejected the truth. It's difficult to live in truth in that kind of a situation. Plus, you have the enemy trying to completely twist and distort truth the whole time. So it's it's not easy to do. But those moments when your faith shines through and, and God confirms and reconfirms and reconfirms that he is who he is and he is awesome. It's so fun. Well, then you see the transfiguration and... I know there's a lot of times when people, they, they talk about the, when Jesus was baptized and the heavens were opened and they, and Jesus looked up and he saw the, the father and the, the, the voice just boomed down that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, which gave him, it gave him worth and it gave him identity. He knew who he was. And he also understood his value and his worth. That was right before he went out and was tempted. Well, again, at the transfiguration, you see that the uh, apostles Peter and James and and John who went with them, they're sitting there and they're, they're watching. They get to actually witness as the two witnesses. If you have Elijah and Moses who appear to Jesus... And Jesus is transfigured. A lot of times people read that scripture and they're in awe of Elijah and Moses. Think of that. They go, oh my goodness, Elijah. It's like these superstars, these MVPs have just appeared to Jesus. And no, those MVPs as we see them just came to serve their Lord. They know who Jesus is and they appeared to minister to him because again, God spoke and said, this is my beloved son. And then he, he assured them that he said in, in uh, Luke, it also says again that he is pleased. But here in Mark, it says, listen to him. Listen, open your ears. Listen, but still, the apostles were in awe of Elijah and Moses. 
Should we prepare a place for them? Shouldn't we do something for them? It's like, no. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace is standing before you. Listen to him. Well, what happens next is again, just like the first time when God confirmed to Jesus his identity and his worth, again, he did it here. Elijah and Moses came and ministered to him. And now he knows what that next step is. He goes out again into the wilderness to be to fast and pray. And he's tempted yet again by Satan and confronted by him. Both times when this happened, Satan's number one attack were focused on who Jesus was and his worth. So the father was just confirming it and confirming it in him, affirming the fact that you are my son. You're about to face some trouble, but remember through all this trouble, you are my son. You need to have the faith. And Elijah showed up and he said, remember my faith in you? And Moses showed up and he said, you remember, I wavered, but in the end, I trusted and knew that God is God and he's never failed and he never will fail. He's going to come through. So Father, thank you for that commitment. Thank you for that promise. Thank you that you always come through. And even when we don't see it, we know that there's things that we don't understand but I know and I'm confident that it was still you coming through. I can't see everything as you can. I can't know everything as you know. I can't be everywhere that you can be, but I can trust in you. And I can boast about you to everyone else that you are awesome. And Father, just give me the opportunity to be able to challenge people in their lives that if they could just trust you you'll come through even when it seems that there's been water poured all over their sacrifice you still come through and you can work the impossible thank you for your love thank you for the detailed love the unfailing love unconditional love that you have for us and father just let that love continue to um, just be a testament to people that they can just come to you and have an eternity filled with blessings in jesus name amen Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless.
thank you for joining us today. And I hope that uh, that blesses you either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to, to spend with your family uh, some time around God's word. And uh, of course, that is great. I love that. And I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, But again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.